You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Wealth Tech on Deck. Each week, I speak with wealth and asset management, annuity, retirement, and fintech leaders about strategies they're working on to move their businesses and the industry forward. We often talk about innovations, disruptions, and trends around comprehensive advice platforms. I've been observing significant trends emerge around all the platforms being built today, and I have a few things to say about what I'm hearing and seeing. So today we are going to switch things up as we do from time to time. I'm going to weigh in on what's happening now and what the future of advice looks like. My colleague, Matt Nolman, has been the producer of our show for the 60-plus episodes we've recorded over the past 15 months. Matt will take the host role. And we'll have a conversation on the five key trends on the future of financial advice that are catapulting our industry forward and something I'm paying particular attention to. So, Matt, the host microphone is yours. Let's get started. Thanks, Jack. We've done this before, and I'm glad we're flipping the script again. Welcome back to the guest chair of Wealth Tech on Deck. Yeah, it's good to be here. Very nice. Awesome. So uh, one thing we like to do usually in the beginning of these shows is just to have our guests tell us about their role what you're trying to accomplish, a little bit about a high level, uh, what you're seeing, and then we'll dive a little bit into the trends we talked about. Terrific. Yeah. So my official title is Chief Growth Officer. So I oversee our business development relationships. I also oversee marketing, work closely with you, Matt, as the VP of marketing. And really, it's about getting our story out, the Lifefield story out. But frankly, beyond that, we're, in essence, creating a new category at Lifefield. When we talk about comprehensive advice platforms, Frankly, we're the industry leader. You know, we're the ones that have made this whole thing up. A lot of people talked about it, but we've actually, as we look around the industry, we're the only people that have actually done it. So I have the opportunity to talk to business leaders every single day, not only on the podcast, but also just as part of my day-to-day conversation. So I have a front row seat to what's happening, where the industry is headed, and then try to translate that into serving our customers better and picking up some new ones. So that's what I do day-to-day. That's really useful description. As a colleague, I get the benefit of hearing some of these trends as you discover them and, and about some of these awesome conversations that you have them. So why don't you start telling our audience a little bit about these trends that you've seen over the past few months and why you think they really matter to the industry at large? I probably talk to anywhere, one to three different industry leaders a day. It's that sort of that pace. And fortunate to find myself in the most fascinating conversations, just issues, challenges, opportunities, what people are trying to figure out, because it's really complicated when you start to put multiple accounts together, multiple technology capabilities together, multiple holdings, products, income sources. When you try to put all that stuff together, it's something I'm sort of on the front row, in the front row, I should say, in terms of what people are working on, what they're thinking about. So in thinking about it, and I do spend a lot of time literally thinking about this stuff after these conversations, I spent some time over this past weekend collecting my thoughts and came up with five trends that I think uh, are really uh, well underway and uh, want to articulate those, hopefully for the benefit of all those that are listening. Awesome. So why don't you go at a high level and explain these five trends pretty quickly, and then we'll unpack each of them throughout the rest of the show. Terrific. So trend number one, more people are retiring every day than at any point in history. That's the fuel that's driving the dramatic change now underway in our industry. And we'll talk about what that means in a moment. Trend number two, over the past 40 years, our industry has been buying individual financial products and tech tools in serial fashion one by one. 
So that is now shifting to multi-account solutions where technology and software are playing an integral part in coordinating the portfolio and improving investor and advisor outcomes. Trend number three, wealth management, workplace retirement, asset management, annuities, and financial technology are converging. What's happening today is transformational. This is a strategy trend for now. People are thinking about it, talking about it. I'll explain what that means in more detail in just a bit. This moves us from trend number three, which is this convergence of all these different capabilities to the implementation and execution. I separated those out because it's a lot more complicated. It's where digital and human advice are being built into comprehensive, integrated coordinated and optimized household-level advice platforms. And frankly, a strategy is important, but it doesn't matter if you can't implement and execute. So largely today, it's strategy. There are a few, a handful, that are making all the products, accounts, and tools work together from accumulation through retirement income. It's a massive undertaking, more to come. So we've been working with clients for many years on this front. So we, we understand we've cut our teeth on this. It's hard stuff to do, but we're going to talk a little bit more about how this all comes together. And then trend number five, the advisor-client relationship, as uh, is always said, it's a relationship business. It is fundamental. It it hasn't changed. What often happens, and we've had a few podcast guests talk about this, specifically John Connors and John Thiel, basically it goes well beyond the technocratic side of it, the technology side of it, the content side of it to that relationship stuff. So we'll talk about the technology for sure, but at the end of the day, an advisor and a client need to talk as we'll talk some more about. Basically, algorithms aren't human beings. They just tell you how to optimize what's going on, but you got to ask some questions and you have to have a real human dialogue, often with clients that don't fully understand what it is they're trying to solve, just they know they got to have a pain point. So, Matt, I'll turn it back to you and we'll start to get into some of the detail in each one of those five trends. Awesome. Jack, we talk like twice a day. We've had a lot of back and forth over the past few years. And over that time, you've made some bold predictions. I'm sure you have some thoughts to back up these assertions that you kind of just went through in a great fashion. So why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure, sure. So trend number one is is straightforward. It's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. So the facts are more people are retiring today with more money than at any point in history. That's a fact. Boomers have more assets than any prior generation. And interestingly, I just heard this at Tiburon, the next generation will have even more money. So for a while here, we're going to have a lot of money coming the way of our industry. So in addition to more money, investors are dealing with far more complexity than at any point in history and are far more responsible for their own results. So the cash, the investments, the fuel, and the complexity are driving the dramatic change we see underway. And this will continue for decades to come. So, you know, part of these conversations, it became clear that there's a lot of money coming the way of advisors and firms, but investors and advisors haven't always done the right thing at the right time. So that kind of brings us to trend number two of moving beyond buying products one by one to multi-account portfolios that seamlessly integrate all tech capabilities and use and leverage the expertise of all these different firms together to create the best possible result for the client. So why don't you elaborate a little bit more on trend number two? So that's right, Matt. Having studied how people invest over the past 40 years, there is an unfortunate pattern of people buying high and selling low, of falling in love with new shiny objects. Can I say crypto here? (laughs) And if trees growing to the sky, whether it was the 80s when various mutual funds and tax shelters took their turns disappointing investors through the tech bubble, day trading onto crypto, 
The trend is now shifting where a true portfolio approach must be considered and implemented. If for no other reason that people want and need to maximize their retirement income, you really have to consider all of your holdings and all of your income sources to do that. So as an example, if you want to maximize retirement income, you must consider investment costs, risks, tax, and Social Security, along with multiple accounts and products on the financial side. And software must necessarily play an integral role in coordinating the portfolio so investor and advisor financial outcomes can be enhanced. One other thing, though, I want to add here, because there's a lot of talk right now about direct indexing, which is a fine and worthy product. I wouldn't put them in the same category of some of the things I just mentioned. But there's an example of the tendency to pick one product as a panacea, as a way to fix it all. Direct indexing is a fine way to go, but needs to be part of a larger portfolio where cost, risk, tax, and Social Security are incorporated together to not only maximize the accumulation of assets, but the distribution of assets. We'll talk some more about that in a minute. But I wanted to call out direct indexing, which is great, but falls short of what a lot of people are hoping it'll do, like fix it all. It just can't fix it all. It's not designed for that. So what you're saying, Jack, at least what I'm hearing, is that it sounds like it's really all about it's putting all of these different solutions together that makes the biggest difference and has the biggest result. It's not just, you know, taking one solution here and there and kind of plugging a hole or or filling a void that you think that you have. And the best way to get the best overall results for the client is to build the overall comprehensive advice platforms that we're talking about and leverage the capabilities of the best in breed solutions across the industry for each individual piece of that platform. And on that same trend, that brings us to number three, where There's a convergence of wealth management, workplace retirement, asset management, annuities, insurance, financial technology. You say it, it's transformational. So what do you mean by all of this convergence coming together? Can you elaborate a little more on that? Sure. So where we are now is the software and product are coming together. Direct indexing is a good example. Great product, but falls short of what really consumers are looking for. And as you read the industry press each day, you'll see that most firms are making a big bet on wealth management and making significant investments on all we've discussed so far in terms of bringing it all together. So the trend is now shifting to a true household level portfolio approach. It's no longer a nice to have, it's a gotta have. The human brain is not wired to consider all the complexity necessary to suggest what to do uh, as a next best thing to improve results. So technology and the competition to net new assets are really what's driving trend number three, that, and that is the convergence of wealth management, workplace retirement, asset management, annuities and insurance, and financial technology. The best example of what's happening is with our client, Morgan Stanley. We're working closely with many others who are in hot pursuit, JP Morgan, Orion, Edward Jones, Wells Fargo, UBS, Merrill, Investnet, Goldman Sachs, LPL, and many more were in conversations and with many going deep with what they're trying to put together. At Morgan Stanley, they're state-of-the-art in terms of, and well ahead of the rest of the marketplace with their advice platform called WealthDesk. It serves their wealth management business. It serves E-Trade, Eaton Vance Parametric. It serves its family office business and the Morgan Stanley at Work business, their workplace retirement business. So what you described, Jack, is a strategy of everything coming together across a lot of these different firms around the industry. As we know by talking with a lot of these different firms over the course of the last 14 years, strategy is a lot easier than execution. You know, when the rubber meets the road, it becomes difficult to put it all this stuff together. And that's one thing that we've, you know, prided ourselves on is helping our clients figure that out. So with trend number four, let's dive into execution a little bit more. This is where human and digital advice are, be, are coming together 
within the comprehensive household level advice platforms that are being produced. It's it's the combination of the platform and the advisor that's going to make the biggest impact and help the clients through all the situations that they need. So part of these advice platforms is these sophisticated algorithms that come together to, like we said, take the best of breed solutions around the industry and create this experience that advisors can deliver to clients that's unique and tailored to the experience that the firm really wants to create. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that trend? Because I know you talk about this specifically with people all the time. Yeah, actually, that's where most of my conversations go because firms are recognized they need to bring it together. The firm that really led the charge is Morgan Stanley. Back in 2018, Andy Saperstein, who is now the co-president of Morgan Stanley, said they had $2.5 trillion of assets and they wanted to get the other $2.5 trillion of their clients' assets they knew to be custodied elsewhere. So now they're up to north of $10 trillion in assets due to their various acquisitions, and their clients have another $10 trillion elsewhere. So they spent years building their ecosystem to make a compelling argument as to why assets should be consolidated at Morgan Stanley. Going back at least to the merger of Smith Barney and Morgan Stanley in 2009, They've been investing and developing their platform with all the legacy systems that came with it. Those are E.F. Hutton, Smith Barney, Dean Witter. I could go on. There's a list uh, a mile long. And so what they've had these these legacy systems that they've been consolidating and sunsetting and working that through, as well as the new technologies they've taken on. And their objective is to seamlessly integrate and coordinate all these capabilities. No small task. But their objective is to have all those moving parts work together with the goal of identifying next best actions that will quantify and prioritize the best thing to do now to improve financial outcomes for clients. So, of course, when this happens, everyone wins. The client, advisor, and firm, when you improve outcome, everybody benefits from it. And to give you an example of how Morgan Stanley as a business has done, they've doubled net new assets each year for the past three years. From $96 billion to $206 billion to last year, they raised $438 billion of net new assets. James Gorman, in his early earnings covering last year, called these results freakish. So they're the fastest growing firm in terms of net new assets among the big firms in our industry, and they're not even fully integrated. So really where they are poised to grow, certainly acquisitions played a role, but they are really poised to grow as they pull these capabilities together. Essentially, they're enhancing client financial outcomes. They're enhancing advisor productivity and effectiveness. And their specific focus is on taxes, which are the single biggest cost investors incur and more than all the other expenses combined. So they've launched their tax academy. They have the first comprehensive household level retirement income program called Intelligent Withdrawals. Its intelligence is focused on coordinating everything and reducing taxes to maximize income. Morgan Stanley refers to their strategy as being a category of one, and certainly they've only just begun. So as these ecosystems are built, next best actions will be suggested, similar to what Apple or Spotify does in suggesting music or podcasts. Netflix suggests in terms of what next to stream or ways tells you how to get to where you're headed and avoid accidents along the way. So next best actions really are, are for financial services are coming and, and frankly, long overdue. Those analogies are really great next best action analogies. And as that comes into financial services, I think that that really is going to help with the younger generation really start to adopt some of these things. So it's really good to see. One thing as you know, I'm early in my career and I've been working in financial services for five years, one thing that's became clear over the past few years has been that this is a relationship business. There's really no doubt in my mind at this point. So you're saying the role of the advisor will shift 
to where advisors with the best soft skills will have a competitive advantage, especially as they start leveraging the technology and the advice platforms that we're talking about. Why don't you elaborate on this and tell us what you mean? Because a lot of people see technology as the answer and as that shiny object, but you're saying it's the combination and I'd like to you know, unpack the balance here. The average age of advisors is nearly 60 years old and the recruitment and development of next generation advisors is the lowest it's ever been. And while there's a clear trend toward teams, one of the biggest challenges is how to manage the tidal wave of assets that are coming advisors' way. So the simple math favors technology handling portfolio management in order to leave time for the advisor to really understand the needs of their clients and their families. The advisor will need to develop listening, empathy, and uh, problem-solving skills that come with life. So especially uh, as people are in or near retirement. And as an example, I happen to be one of those people that who's closer to the end of his career than the beginning, everything shifts, everything changes. And yeah, you want your portfolio to do well and all that, but you've kind of come to learn that markets go up and down and you hope to essentially have a lower cost portfolio that's mindful of risk and tax. And if you do that well, you're going to be in good shape. So really what it comes down to is it's less about the portfolio management aspect, even though I know advisors love talking about that stuff. It really comes down to what do you do about working with one's family and all the things that come around that. So so Matt, the, the smartest person I know on this topic is John Thiel, who's on the Life Yield Board and also formerly head of Merrill's Advisors. As he points out, when people get closer to retirement, their complex need become needs could become much more than working on their portfolios. They have questions that algorithms simply can't answer. So questions I hear from people that are in a similar state as I, namely that closer to retirement than to the beginning of a career, how do I take care of my parents' healthcare needs, my own healthcare needs? Do I have enough to buy a vacation home or travel? How should I organize my estate? Those are the kind of questions as people move toward retirement. And as the portfolio, frankly, is becomes more of a commodity, just some, making sure you've got the right risk in place, the right cost uh, set up, and, and that taxes are being addressed as that is handled. It's really, uh, frankly, comprehensive advice platforms will increasingly do all those, combine all those capabilities because the human brain, as we've mentioned, can't do all that and process all that sufficiently. So for advisors who are looking ahead to managing what will be much larger books of business with portfolios that algorithms can frankly help them do a better job specifically around cost, risk, tax, and social security implementation or driving benefits, the advisor will really needs to understand the client and dig in deep as to what matters to them and what their families are looking for. Also sets up the opportunity to manage those assets in future generations as those questions are answered. So really what it comes down to, it is still a relationship business, always has, in my view, will always will be. It will be certainly enhanced by technology. And where the technology is going is just far better than what we can do, given the complexity that people have to deal with. So it's very encouraging for the investor, certainly. I think it's very encouraging for the advisor, but it's going to be really important to take on these soft skills, as we've discussed. It's really going to be important to understand what matters to the client and then help them implement it. Really, really great take. I think that that isn't talked about enough, frankly, the soft skills part. And I definitely... I'm going to be looking to see that as a trend as we go forward. So overall, Jack, this has really been a, a terrific episode. So thanks for all of your insights here. As we look to wrap up and wind down, can you please pack up everything that you said today into three key takeaways that our audience 
can walk away with today and feel like they, you know, really got the gist of everything that you're talking about? Here are my top three. More people are retiring today with more money and more complexity at any point in history. So a tidal wave of assets and complexity are driving our business for the foreseeable future. That's point one. Point number two, digital and human advice are coming together on comprehensive advice platforms. And the job of the underlying algorithms are to identify next best actions. Strategy is a start, but the ultimate job of these platforms is to coordinate implementation across the household and to determine the next best thing to do to improve financial outcomes. The good news is when this is done, everyone wins, client, advisor, and firm. And point number three, none of this happens to the degree possible without an advisor and a strong client-advisor relationship where listening, empathy, understanding what they're trying to achieve is paramount. Brilliant. So, Jack, you know, it's been a pleasure having you in the guest chair of Wealth Tech on Deck. You know, I say this every time, but I really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks for everything that you imparted on us today. And as we do on all of our podcasts, the last question and the unquestionable favor question to both of us, <laughs> what's something you do outside of work that you're particularly excited or passionate about that the 3,000 plus listeners on our podcast, 4,000 plus listeners now might find interesting or surprising? So Matt, I'm going to take a bit of a departure, having answered this question a couple of different ways in a couple of prior podcasts. But one of the, my favorite things to do is around strategy and design in life and certainly in work. And I love to look at issues, challenges, problems, and figure out a way to design a better system, design a better strategy, whether it's working with what we do here at Lifefield or working with what I do across the industry, a lot of the different things I do in terms of writing and speaking and webinars and conferences and what have you. Certainly with this podcast, I love the discussion around strategy and figuring out a better way. And then the design or implementation about operating in a way that's more constructive, productive, satisfying. So I do that with where I live. I'm speaking to our guests here from my home in Vermont. I do that with gardens. I do that with art. I do that with design. And then certainly in my day job, as you well know, Matt, because we do it every day, trying to figure a better way to uh, serve our customers, to serve our industry. I also, by the way, and I mentioned this on prior podcasts, uh, do a lot of volunteer work and a way of giving back. But it's all around, frankly, design and strategy coming together to produce a better outcome. So that's what gets me up every morning. Interesting. I mean, in working with you three years, I think that's pretty clear and your passion definitely shows and shines through. You know, thanks, Jack. This has, as always, been an enlightening conversation. So as we wind down for our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and or share what we're doing at Wealth Tech on Deck. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again, Jack. It's been a real pleasure. A lot of fun. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com. Music.